Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. And welcome back everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now. It's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer out of the home office along with Brendan Escott at the 6.30 Chad Studios. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best. During these uncertain times, Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Yeah, you can uh, reach us on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. You can also text us. We'll get to some texts at about uh, 122 today. Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. We're on Twitter. At Oilers Now. Tweet me personally. Pop underscore Stoffer. Brendan at Brendan S. Scott. Uh, we will tell you this. Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go online at j-vedmonton.ca. Don and his staff at Japanese Village, they will take care of you. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show. From the Calta Hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Real interesting series so far. Hawks uh, showing some of that veteran poise and experience and championship pedigree in game number one. Uh, dominating performance from the Jonathan Tazon. Let's start there. And I know, uh, I know you, I, I'm not sure if you heard me mention it, but I know I brought it up before the series started. January 18th, Jonathan Taze, Dominic Kubalik, and Brandon Saad went into, uh, Scotiabank Arena in Toronto and on Hockey Night in Canada. The Oilers had played Arizona in an afternoon game earlier that day. It was just before the Oilers break and they lit those guys up. Those guys being Matthews and Marner. It was almost like some of the Toronto pundits, David, they, they forgot about Jonathan Taze being that good because the sense I got with the listeners and the texters, they knew the Hawks are still a dangerous team, but uh, they can do that to you. In that game back in January, those three players scored five goals, and Marner and Matthews went minus four each. One assist. Uh, wow. Lo and behold, game one, uh, Edmonton and uh, Chicago, same three players scored five of the six Hawks goals. By the way, the Leafs lost 6-2. The Oilers lost 6-4. And uh, obviously a tough one for McDavid out of the gate. A little bit, you know, giveaway goal for one of the goals and one of the minuses for Mike Smith. But just a thought, uh on, on the fact that the Oilers are playing a team that does have championship pedigree, and we shouldn't forget how good these guys have been. These guys are Hall of Fame players, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith. And they're not at an age where they can't crank it up for the playoffs and be the best players on the ice. I mean, the, the, here's the one of the most surprising stats, Bob, heading into the start of this, this series was Jonathan Taves' even strength scoring numbers. He 
he outscored on a per minute basis Connor McDavid at even strength this year. Jonathan Taves did. Because I had it in mind that his offensive game had kind of dwindled in recent years, and he didn't have a great year on the power play. But at even strength, that guy, he remains a monster. And you can see why. He's just so skilled and determined. And he's a physical player, so the five-on-five hockey suits him. Then you put him on a line with a shooter in Kubelik and a grinder in Brandon Sodis. That's kind of a classic hockey line. And they really were a handful for the Oilers on opening night. Yeah, I and you know there was uh, I know there was a mention not all of Toronto guys but a couple of Toronto guys you know where's McDavid he's non-existent no show and uh, and then we also had uh, Adrian Dater who and you know I communicated with Adrian and just reminded him that uh, the Colorado Avalanche team that you saw was a finished product in 1995-96 because yeah. Joe Sackick didn't even win a playoff series his first seven years in Colorado and he wasn't even one of their number one overall picks uh, you know I mean they had Owen Olin and they had uh, Matt Sundin and, and then they had Lindros and they flipped uh, they made a bad trade This uh, Maple Leaf fans won't like this well it was a good trade for Toronto but they got Wendell Clark a beloved player in Toronto for Matt Sundin Leafs hosed him in that trade uh, obviously, they got Forsberg plus, 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 plus for Lindros. But Quebec didn't win a playoff series when they were there uh, with Joe Sackett, like for seven years of Joe's career. And and I brought up Joe only because he, like Connor McDavid, is a little bit quiet. And there was the personality deficient comment from Adrian Dater out of Denver. And I know you kind of hit on that a bit. Hey, it's one guy's comment. Um you're a guy that watches that. Some have called you an aggregator, David, a guy that uh, finds out all the things that are said about the owners. What was your take on what uh, Dater had to say? Well, I, he, he seemed, his, his entire evidence, Bob, seemed to be Connor McDavid's uh, demeanor in interviews, where, you know, I don't know about you, but if I was every day asked about um, my coworkers, and my bosses and my own performance and asked to comment on it, I think I would be remarkably closed-mouthed and speaking a lot of cliches. And I don't believe, blame any player, especially Connor McDavid, who was under such intense scrutiny that Adrian Dater cannot imagine the scrutiny Connor McDavid's under and has been under since he was a teenager. For him to be closed-mouthed, and then so for you to kind of use how his demeanor in interviews as the jumping-off point for saying he's not much of a leader, I just thought was... That is a that's is about as big a stretch as you can make in commentary. Like, there's nothing there in that comment. Well, and, I'll take yeah, and I'll ahead. take it. I'll take it one step further. Other than the height of the Detroit Colorado rivalry, the uh, which occurred, by the way, during a time in which the Denver Broncos were winning back-to-back Super Bowls. As a guy who has been to Colorado for 12 straight seasons to go watch the Oilers play the Avalanche. Nobody gives a flying you-know-what about the Colorado Avalanche in Denver, okay? It's Broncos, Broncos, Broncos all the time. And then the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the Rockies compete for the rest of the ink. It's all about the Denver Broncos. That's all there is to it. They are like Edmonton is with the Oilers. That's, That's what, you know, and that's just, and that's also football, man. That's just the way it is. And, and so, I, I recall in 97, 98, and I was on the periphery, man. I was, you know, I was not in there every day like a guy like Marley Scott was. But I recall the Avalanche would supply, like, Stefan Yell 
that's who they'd make available. Like the Oilers yeah. make McDavid available, and uh, and we're in a different situation now. You got guys being interviewed via Zoom, and you got way more media. The the, the amount of media requests for a Connor McDavid as opposed to what Sackick, who's an unbelievable, he was a great player. You could argue Joe Sackick, early 2000s, might have been the best one of the you know best two or three players in the world. Uh, certainly 2002 Olympics, he was fantastic for Team Canada. But you can't even compare the intensity of what the player goes through coverage-wise. And you know, just it, the whole thing seemed a little. And then again, it took Sackick a while to win. And you know when Joe Sackick finally won, David? When they got Patrick what? Waugh. Yeah, you, th- right. you think you think that helped? That was the final <laughs> piece. They got Sandus Olsenish in a trade for Nolan, and they got Patrick Waugh during the course of the ninety five ninety six season, and that and and they had Forsberg and Sackick as their one two punch at center. So, yeah. so I just I found the whole thing like I, I and I sent a message off to to Adrian, and he kind of backed off a bit, obviously after McDavid scored the three goals, but. David, you you follow the stuff closely. Are, are are Edmontonians too defensive of McDavid, or should they defend McDavid? Uh, I thought people were entirely reasonable. Edmonton fans, they were just really they they didn't um, they didn't react so much. Some people reacted in anger to what Dater said, but I found that most people just said, "Buddy, like your argument makes no sense," and they pointed out the reasons why. They kind of calmly picked his argument to pieces, and you know. Reduced it to dust, and I, I thought it was actually pretty impressive. Now, and to give Adrian Dater some credit, he deleted he's deleted the tweet, and he's kind of apologized or retracted what he said, and said, you know, McDavid certainly has made me eat my words. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll give Adrian I'll give Adrian Dater that. Uh, what did you think of James Neal's response to it? Oh, I loved it. And we don't know if Neal is responding directly to Dater, but I. It, but, you know, the timing of it is suggestive of that. And, and Neil, I think, hits on the kind of person that Connor McDavid is that we all see. Connor McDavid is a typical, he's a, he's a Canadian hockey fanatic. So he's not someone who's a big braggart who's going to be shouting off at the mouth about what a great player he is. He's going to save it all for the ice. And uh, Neil talked about how when McDavid was 16, he came to a practice with NHLers and kind of held back and didn't look that special. Until uh, Gary Roberts talked to him and said, "You know, hey, you know, you can you can show us your stuff." And after that, McDavid just skated rings around everyone. And Neil said McDavid did that because he didn't want to embarrass the older players. That's kind of the, you know kind of a little bit of a Canadian stereotype that we're a little bit more humble than the Americans. And I think we see that with McDavid. But he comes across Bob as a total, total hockey fanatic to me. Someone who is so intense about hockey. He's all about hockey. And that's what that the you know the movie on his comeback from his leg injury showed. Just someone who's totally I mean he's in hyperbaric chambers all day long and working out and doing this and that. Total fanatic. And you know in terms of Oilers fans and players, I'll take a guy who can dribble the puck down the ice and dunk on the goalie uh, in a pressure-packed game, kind of a miracle goal. That's leadership, and that's the kind of leadership I think uh, fans and teammates like to see. Well, just to give you an illustration. And we'll tie it back to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, you would recall Jeremy Roenick, uh, who is a louder American player and was a very good player in his career, like an excellent player. Yeah. But Jeremy Roenick made fun of a goal that he scored, something about Patrick Waugh, uh, you know, picking up his jock after the goal that Roenick scored. And Ra's infamous response, it's one of the greatest comebacks ever, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what Jeremy said because my uh, Stanley Cup rings were plugging my ears. 
And that was a little because Patrick Waugh didn't take any crap. And I'm not a big Patrick Waugh fan, but he leveled the shot. And there was a bit of that, you know, I mean, there, there you would never hear Connor McDavid taking a shot at a goaltender and talking about deking the goalie out of his... And uh, I know I've told you the story. Uh, the order said Derek Roy in 2014-15. We didn't... I, I went in to go see Connor play. Uh, I actually went in to go see Dylan Strome play because I didn't think Edmonton was going to win the lottery and get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And I thought Strome would be there at 3-4, and the Oilers were where they were in the 14-15 season. They'd fired Dallas Aikens, brought in Todd Nelson. Uh, and Derek Roy, I told him, I said, hey, I went and watched that McDavid kid last night. And I go, he's pretty good. He goes, yeah. And I said, so, uh, you know, you skated. He goes, yeah, I skated with him in the summer. And I, I go, so, you know, how, how would he, how's he going to do next year? He goes, well, if he was in our league this year, he would have had 70 points. And I'm, and I'm kind of looking at him go, you mean like as a 17-year-old? He goes, yeah, he would have been at least a 70-point score in the NHL. He said he could have easily played as a first-line center in the league this year. He's absolutely done. So it's it's kind of a funny thing. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey joining us right now. Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers Now. Uh, Ollie Mata and Adam Boquist, what do the Oilers need to do to get those isolations uh, for Edmonton? Well, they don't have the last change, uh, so it might be a little bit harder. But what, what I've, I've been listening to Chicago uh, hockey podcasts recently, and they're very entertaining to hear what the opposition uh, media are saying. And are they ever worried right now about those two players going on the ice against McDavid and, and Dreisaitl Lights? Um, they, there's constant talk about Olimata being slow, and one quote was the slowest player in the league, um, and and Boquist being um, just inexperienced right now and, and struggling. So we don't, like when I'm watching the games, I'm just so focused on the Oilers, and I don't always... Uh, focus on the guys who are making mistakes on the other teams. I can go on about the Oilers making mistakes, but I don't notice that as much. But in Chicago, they are they are very, very worried about that right now. But of course, only Mata, he, he's been on a cup-winning team, so he, he can't be that bad a player. and He'll probably find a way to, to get by. Uh, what do you think of Dave Tippett's? I mean, he made two primary adjustments. He flipped Archibald with Cassian, and, and then he slotted uh, Russell in on the PK instead of Oscar Clefbaum. What do you think of those moves? I really like the Archibald move. Cassian, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm a fan of Cassian. I have been a Cassian with McDavid, but Bob, um, Archibald just is a very, among other things, he's very aggressive, but he's also a very smart player. And what I think McDavid needs is cover out there. McDavid wants to attack, 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 and RNH needs that as well. He, he, for, RNH is so responsible. If he has, doesn't have someone covering for him all the time, he's going to hang back himself because he doesn't want, you know, he, he's going to be that guy who will do that. You have Archibald out there, and those two guys are suddenly freed up to attack, attack, attack. And I think Archibald does a very strong job of reading off of them and filling in defensively where he needs to be. Uh, uh, and Koskinen was clearly like the right choice, and I thought he was yeah. for the game one, but uh, he just he played very well in game two, so uh, good for him. Concerned about Clefbaum and Larson at all, David? Well, Bob, it was so weird that first game, wasn't it? Because so many players had a, had probably their worst game of the season at even strength. And that includes McDavid, and I would say Larson and Clefbaum. But I thought they kind of played their C-plus game in game two. For the Oilers to win, for them to even beat Chicago, they can't, Clefbaum can't play their C-plus game, though. They've got to get up to at least B. So they can play their A game. Oilers are going to go far in the playoffs. But we haven't seen that. And you know, it's it was very worrisome, but they did play better, so I like the trend line. I think that they're going to keep getting better. All right. Great stuff, David. How do people follow you? Just uh, Google the call. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The hockey and we're there all the time. Thanks, Enjoy it. That's David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. It's 121 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had this to say on the uh, Oilers' first two games as we slide back in the Oilers Now audio vault for direct workwear. Uh, we, we, we definitely want to remember, I mean, what it was like that first game. I mean, we can't just uh, throw it away. We know that we have to be a lot sharper, and uh, we showed that last night when we get back to our game. We simplify things. We play as uh, five guys uh, all around the ice. I mean, it, uh, it's hard to play against, and uh, that's what gave us success uh, all throughout the season. And um, That first game, I mean, we kind of got away from that, and uh, that's, a, that's a team over there that can capitalize when you do. So um, we learn from that. We got to... Um, can't throw it away, but uh, definitely can learn from it and move on. He is not necessarily a driver as a center. He's an excellent support player who's a terrific power to play guy. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, very good team player. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can call them at one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three, or go online at brentridge.com. Into our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. And uh, Brendan Escott's back at the 630 Chad Studio. But uh, uh, controversial hell says, every time, Bob, you say Oilers now, I think Oilers, finally. That one comes to us from uh, Controversial Hell. Um, I would say be patient. Like, you know what? This situation is what it is. It's, I mean, the Oilers clearly were headed to the playoffs, and we're going to get one of the top eight spots in the Western Conference. Uh, the world has been thrown by a loop here. Uh, for a loop here, and everybody's sort of had to adjust things accordingly. I don't think you can overreact to, to what occurs. Uh, they got a chance to win the series against Chicago. They're probably a better team than Chicago, but Chicago's got some great players, players, and I know we respect those players. But I do think that there should be greater confidence for the position that the Oilers are in right now than even after they went two rounds in 2016-17. Uh, and that team might have been uh, better. What's the update on the 50-50? Uh, 
people are texting some totals. So we'll look in the loud at 130 here. This text comes in from John. Bob, he says, Bob, I love Zach Cassian, but it's feast or famine with him. He's either dominant or invisible. Not much of a middle ground from John. Cassian got a four-year contract extension, $3.2 million. It kicks in next year. Uh, I'm not sure if we would have known that we were going to be at an $81 million cap, and that cap might be flat because of the pandemic, if Zach would have got to that price point. I'm just being honest with you. Um, another text comes in saying, uh, Bob, Josh Archibald is a responsible player. Another part of the reason why, uh, there you go. Another reason why he's in the position that he's in. Keep texting us. Uh, this texter says, Bob, Patrick Waugh may have been the best ever at playing the right angle. He was always horrible at rebound control and was lucky to have great demon in front of him to have a clear way. That comes to us from Rob. Rob, Patrick Waugh, and I, he's not one of my personal favorites. He's one of the five greatest goaltenders that ever lived. We'll ask John Shannon about that coming up after 1.30. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.